Hello, this is Caleb with God's Loving Sacrifice Podcast, where we talk about the Word of God and how it helps us get through today's world. I hope you learn and grow as you listen. Today, I'd like to talk about watering down the scriptures. Not just watering them down, but adding to them, taking away from them, changing them, and then using what you feel that you think the scripture should mean to accuse others of being sinners. There are many doctrines out there. Christianity is pretty basic. And some doctrines feel that if you don't go along with what their doctrine is, then you're a sinner. I want to start out talking about 2 Peter 1, 19-21. It says, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed, as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were motivated by the Holy Spirit. So that's what the scriptures mean what the Holy Spirit says they mean. But there are things out there that people just twist to make it so that they can feel that they're approved by doing the things that they're doing that God wouldn't approve or by just not understanding what the scripture says. And if you understand it and tell them they're wrong, then they tell you you're a sinner. And that's judging. And it's another thing that we shouldn't do. And we're going to talk about a couple of the the things that I have been talked to about um, that were in the scripture that I felt like had been misinterpreted and had someone that I love very much basically be called a sinner because of it. Um, 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 17 says, remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed of rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and idle babbling, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. One of the things that, and I may have talked about this in another podcast, but one of the things was someone who said that Jesus didn't make the water into fermented wine. He made the water into grape juice. Well, the word that it uses in John for wine is onos, which is a fermented wine. So absolutely he did. But one of the reasons that this person says that it couldn't be wine because that would be Jesus condoning uh, people getting drunk because they get broke at feasts and things. And that is not a really great argument when you think about the fact that Jesus fed the multitude with fishes and loaves, and he fed them beyond what they needed. And he wasn't promoting gluttony in doing that. Just because he created wine, he was not encouraging drunkenness. He just created wine. 
1 Corinthians 6 and 12 says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And that's the scripture that says, you know, it's okay to drink. You're just not supposed to be under the power of alcohol. It's okay to eat, but you shouldn't be a glut. Some things that are lawful, they're not helpful. And if they're not helpful, you shouldn't be brought under the power of those things. That was the first thing. And the second thing, I don't know if any of you have ever heard this, but came to me in the past week and I was floored. Um, There were people that said you're not allowed to clap your hands in church. And they get that from Acts 17, 22 through 25, which says, Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that you in all things, you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you, God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives life, breath, and all things. Well, they said that because he wasn't worshipped with men's hands, that meant you shouldn't laugh. But what the scripture was talking about when he said that he saw the objects of your worship, he said he didn't dwell in temples made with hands. That's because he dwells within us. And that he's not worshipped through men's hands as though the men made the idols to him with their hands. That's not the way we worship him. We worship him through our hearts. That has nothing to do with clapping. But that is what some people think. So if you look at that and look at Psalms 47.1, it says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. And Isaiah 55, 12 says, For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth in singing before you, and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Psalms 98, 8 says, Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. I think that says it's okay to clap your hands. I think God loves any type of worship of him. When you look at those two things and you think that people like that are going out into the world and they are talking to people. And the reason this is really on my mind is because um, someone I love very much was talking to one of these people and she was talking about how Jesus made grape juice. And he told her that Well, social drinking isn't wrong. It's when you do it in excess. Her comment pretty much was, well, you just say that because you're a social drinker, you know, that you're going to go to hell. The person I love very much that this happened to does not drink. That's judging. 
we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to rightly divide the word of truth. Hebrews 4, 12 through 13 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerning of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. His word is very important, and we can't add or subtract from his word. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be completely, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We have to know what the word of God says. Our good works is telling others about him. Our good works is not telling others that they're sinning because they disagree with a doctrine of your church. It's not the doctrine of the church that we follow. It's God that we follow. And our instruction on following him is in his words in the word of God. Second Timothy 2, 14 through 17 says, remind them of these things charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearer. Be diligent to preserve yourself, approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed of rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Being prepared, knowing the word of God, knowing what God wants us to tell people, to tell people things that just truly are not in the word of God, just because that's what you believe. That is not rightly dividing the word of truth. Proverbs 35 through 6 said, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. And Galatians 1, 6-10 says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want you to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so I say it again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. I watched this person say something that wasn't in the word of God, and someone commented on it. And rightly so. She she gave the right interpretation of the scripture that this woman was misquoting. And this woman condemned her and persecuted her in such a way that she says, well, maybe you know more than I do. You know, maybe I am wrong. That's what we're supposed to do. It's for teaching. It's for reproof. If you're wrong, stop. Figure it out. But you don't pressure a person into believing something that isn't true. Second Peter 1, 20 through 21 says, 
knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. When we come across people like those, it's probably better not to respond to them, not to say anything to them. And this is person that's family, and sometimes it's better just not say anything. First John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So we do need to test the spirits. The lady that came back and said that that wasn't correct, she had tested that spirit and knew it was wrong. But the other woman so belittled her that right there you know that that's a false prophet. Romans 2, 1 through 4 really talks about what this person has been doing. It says, therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same thing. But we know that the judgment of God is according to the truth against those who practice such things. And you do not think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? So when you hear things that you don't think sound right, just because someone says it doesn't mean it's true. We need to test the spirits. We need to go to the scripture. We need to do our studying. We need to know. We need to be sure. We need to be able to study. We need to study the word of God. We need to have it in our hearts. If we don't understand, research, look, ask someone you trust. We have to have his word so close that it is part of our armor, God. I'm going to leave you with this. Matthew 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Get into his word. Learn his word. Let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you. I pray that you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave a message by contacting me on the website at www. GodsLovingSacrifice.com And while you're there, you can catch up on all the other episodes, check out the reviews, and even read the blog. You can also leave a comment on Facebook at God's Loving Sacrifice. Thank you for spending time with us today. And until next time, may God richly bless and keep you.